Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup is like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking you can attach that to your your podcast there and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans and uh <clears throat> with spotify for podcasters you can earn money in a variety of ways including ads and podcast subscriptions and best of all it's totally free with no catch and that's uh that that is true um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here, um, but anyways, this is the the podcast I use or the podcast uh host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh they're very good on just letting you do your thing uh with uh with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify and, and this is uh this is a great way to get started if you if you've ever thought about starting a podcast this is where I would send anybody to go um <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started and yeah if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. Podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, daylight burners. Happy Monday. <clears throat> I hope the week has been treating you well. And, uh, you know, I, I hope the weather's uh, 
It sounds like some, some folks uh, back in the Midwest may be getting a little bit of rain. That's good to hear. Uh, we haven't got much, but one day closer. One day closer. Um, I am trying to rearrange my studio to get a get stuff a little better, a little bit better. I'm always trying to tinker around with this shit, and then sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, set up. I don't hate it, but I don't like it, and uh, I'll probably change it. But we'll see. But anyhow, it's getting late, and I needed to record something, so um, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm, uh, as you know, history guy, and uh, history rhymes is a you know pretty f- profound quote that I uh, that I have stumbled across, uh, often uh, attributed to Mark Twain. Um, history. Uh, doesn't repeat itself but it surely rhymes or it or it often rhymes one of those I don't, I don't know the the direct quote but and the last one that I did I remember if I remember right is when I, I compared Ukraine and uh Ireland uh Russia being like Great Britain and um Ireland being like Ukraine and uh, in particular, this Don Bastille. But anyway, that's kind of neither here nor there. Um, Ukraine, Ukraine's an awful fucking significant country all of a sudden, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> but anyhow, we've got um, a couple of the, of events that are um, pretty significant. Um couple of them anniversaries and one getting ready to start and uh, I'm going to try to tie them all together and, and so there's three three things that I'm kind of I'm looking at and, and Nixon and Watergate and I've got Trump and the January 6th uh, storming of the Capitol and then I've got Marvin Hemeyer and the Killdozer do they all relate? Not exactly, but I'm going to try to tie them in together as best as I can because, like I said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. And um, and it was just the anniversary of uh, the Killdozer attacks or uh, whatever you want to call that whole deal, but we'll we'll get into that here down the road. So first and foremost, we'll go in chronological order. And, um, I'll see if I can't tie them all in together. Um, we are coming up on the 50th anniversary (coughs) of the Watergate, um, scandal. And so that'll be on June 17th, be 50 years. So Saturday, June 17th, 1972, in the water com- Watergate complex, uh, a bunch of men, goons, really, um, either CIA or, or directly working for the White House. Um, G. Gordon Liddy being kind of the um, linchpin behind it all. Uh, he was the financial uh, finance counsel for the committee to committee for the reelection of the president, and. Uh, they broke into the Watergate complex 
and they were trying to steal some documents uh, from there. This complex was also housing the uh, Democratic National Committee offices, so that's where they broke into, trying to steal some stuff that got caught. Um, Nixon later went on to win the presidency in 19... <clears throat> um, 1972 and we uh, but among all this we have a bunch of uh, investigations and uh, media attention and turmoil and we still have the the Vietnam War going on and it's a it's a great great big scandal and um, kind of the the thing that really, really set in motion was uh, kind of typically how anything of, of real significance gets um, gets investigated is it was against a political opponent. If it had it been against a regular American, like an anti-war activist, probably wouldn't have gathered nearly as much attention, but the fact that they were spying and stealing and uh, sabotaging the uh, Democratic uh, presidential campaign uh, and primaries, um, particularly Ed Muskie, I believe was his name, um, Muskie. Um, something Muskie, I forget. Um, but he was... Uh, kind of considered the Democrats' best, uh, what would you call it, the best candidate, I guess, the most electable. Because even back then, that that was a thing. Electability. And um, <laughs> it was actually really entertaining hearing some of the stuff. Like, they, they infiltrated the, the Democratic's ca- Democratic campaign and, uh, and they were constantly like, um, like they would the the candidates and uh, you know Muskie and and his staff and everybody they would set their shoes outside their hotel doors in the morning so they could get them shined, and then these uh, operatives for the Nixon uh, administration would come in and like steal all their shoes and put them in a bus locker across town or something like that. And so like the, the campaign was constantly uh, running behind and it looked like it was in a state of turmoil. And so much so like caused the dude to start crying during one of the, one of his uh, rallies or speeches or something, one of his campaign stops. And um, ah, as, as I say before, if you look at it in through the eyes of just sheer comedy, it's pretty goddamn funny. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how much they would get away with that today. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, like the more, the more and more stuff, uh, say like Project Veritas comes out with like those hidden camera um, investigative, kind of Gonzo journalism as well. But um, I don't know. I'm not real sure where I stand on on the the project Veritas. I think they do some good stuff at times, but mm, how they get their, get their stuff just seems kind of, kind of shitty. Uh, so I'm kind of, I'm open, open to, uh, to debate on that. I just, uh, 
I'm not I'm not real real sure how I feel feel about them. But anyways, um I'm not sure where I was even headed with that. Um anyhow, this this whole deal um starts a uh the Senate um votes unanimously to uh to create a uh, a select committee or special committee. So I think it was select committee and investigate this whole deal. That all uh led to a huge legal fight between the Senate and the, the executive branch um, with Nixon claiming executive uh, immunity and uh, later led to the uncovering of the, the Nixon tapes. Um, Nixon was a paranoid motherfucker. Uh, but it's easy for us to say that now. When you look at, at where he was and kind of got to figure out his mindset, we're fighting, uh, you know, we're fighting the Russians, and as I've said before, the the Russians are always, always the best villains. Um, we've been fighting proxy war, or particularly a this, this huge pro- proxy war, but we we fought one against uh, the Koreans as well, against Russia via the Koreans, um, and then we're embroiled in this. Um, this really long, bloody, incredibly unpopular war in Vietnam, and uh, Nixon got elected for <coughs> getting us out of it. And what did he do? He stepped up uh, bombing campaigns and expanded it. Kept it going, kept it going, kept it going. And um, in the meantime, he's trying to put down the anti-war movement. Uh, and it's the height of the CIA shenanigans. I mean, this... You know, the CIA shenanigans from post World War II, directly post World War II, leading up to 1972, have led to this Watergate deal. And one of the big mistakes that um, that mix that Nixon had on his hand, or one of the big um, snafus, mistakes, um, miscalculations, however you want to call it was that the FBI started um, investigating this and <coughs> Nixon had had maintained that he knew nothing of the, the Watergate break-in, all that plan. And, oh yeah, that's where we had the, the recording devices. That's circling back to the Project Veritas deal. Um but anyway, Nixon, being the paranoid motherfucker that he was, had recording devices that were all voice activated in different rooms around the White House, and in particular the Oval Office, and recorded everything. He got hours and hours and hours of of tapes, and he refused to hand them over. It eventually went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ruled that he had to hand them over. At first, they, uh, he wasn't going to allow his... Uh, any of his aides to testify. If it's sounding kind of familiar, we're getting to that. Um, but then Supreme Court ruled you have to turn it over. Executive privilege doesn't does, isn't you know doesn't mean you just get to not uh, not turn over anything. You know you can't just withhold everything and call it executive privilege. And so they ruled they had to take it over. And then we. Uh, 
we come across the smoking gun, uh, as they call it. So we'll, uh, we'll pop this up on the screen. And, uh, yeah, so this is history.com. This is a Nixon smoking gun. Make sure I got my, my audio correct. I don't know how long this little video is. Here we are. That's fine. Uh, on the investigation, you know, the Democratic break-in thing, we're back uh, in the, the problem area because the FBI is not under control because Ray is exactly not under control. And they have, their investigation is now leading into some productive areas because they've been able to trace the money, not through the money itself, but through the bank. Basically, all that that was was definitive proof that Nixon knew uh, about the Watergate break-in and thus also um, knew about the cover-up and, in fact, participated in the cover-up. <laughs> Pretty aptly named the smoking gun uh, recording. Um, it was uh, after this was released during the... But what was another really um, <clears throat> unique thing and really parallels a lot with uh, with Nixon and Trump is Nixon um, not only had disdain for the media, but actually truly hated him. Uh, he, he just despised the press. <clears throat> and um, but it was Cold War times like they uh, and he was a Cold War president. He was uh, he was just a. Uh, a product of those times, which doesn't make him right. He was still a real, real piece of shit. But, um, 
possibly the most disastrous president of uh, the 20th century. Um, I would say my lifetime, but I wasn't born in 1971 when he took us off the gold standard um, and and kept us on this uh, petrodollar deal that we've got going on now. But um, <laughs> that's a discussion for another time. Uh, but he he hated the hated the media and and he was very paranoid. Uh, you know, you're coming off of the like the Red Scare in the 50s and, and the McCarthy trials and uh, which really left a bad taste in uh, an American, you know, in American people's uh, mouths. And <clears throat> but uh, the media led by uh, the Washington Post and uh, <clears throat> Woodward and Bernstein. So Carl Bernstein, uh, Bob Woodward. And their source called Deep Throat, who was mentioned in that that smoking gun Mark Felt, um, begin uh, rolling out this story. Um, And this was just on the heels of the release of the Pentagon Papers, which uh, was a secret report of the Vietnam uh, that showed how the war was actually going and how it wasn't uh, looked like there was no end in sight and, and how much the government had just lied about. <clears throat> the <clears throat> the war in Vietnam since the very beginning. And um, Nixon, of course, tried to stifle that. Uh, came after uh, Daniel Ellsberg, who was the... He was a, a top uh, DOD guy that um, that released uh, the Pentagon Papers. So you got... You just got the height of tomfoolery from, from the CIA and the war... The, the entire war machine... <clears throat> going on i mean whether whether it was cia and uh and the and the air force in particular but the military which also had all these these contractors and the revolving door of lobbyists and uh and uh corporate america and <clears throat> it was very much um akin to to nazi germany minus uh the eugenics to a lesser degree there was still some some real shady shit that went on uh along that way but just the the total like marriage of big business and and big government where the the government didn't want to run the business cuz they they realized they couldn't uh they couldn't run it ef- effectively they knew that the the private sector could do that but they also <coughs> it also led to monopoly uh you know industries and and whatnot but also um <coughs> just some of the like blatant disregard for life that uh that was also embedded in the you know in the in the the third reich nazi germany was also i mean we we stole a bunch of that shit from from the nazis to to make our economy uh boom like theirs had and 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 to make all these um to expand on all the the technological advances they had made over over the course of uh, the Third Reich, and you know, it was it was a it was a weird period in time. Um, but anyway, that that all was sparked off on uh, June seventeenth, nineteen seventy two, the break into the Watergate compound. So that's coming up, and and one of the the big like achievements of of this was like the putting public trust back in uh, congressional hearings and. They televised these uh, 
these hearings on PBS uh, during primetime hours and PBS got higher ratings than your, 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 you know, popular shows of the day on, on your three big networks, which is really all you had. I think, I don't know if cable TV was quite a thing just then, but essentially you had ABC, CBS and NBC. And and then you had the public broadcasting. So PB, <clears throat> PBS and, and PBS was pulling numbers that, uh, you know, that the, the big, big three networks were, were pulling, uh, just watching these hearings and, uh, and, you know, interviewing, <coughs> um, or, you know, how, what do you call, um, you know, you had a uh, presidential aides testifying under oath and, and you had, uh, you know, his aides testifying how that that Nixon did know and just really, really, um, really made him look look bad and and uh, and exposed a lot of a lot of shady shit. And the more you, you look into it and all, the the Republican Party helped uh, in that quite a bit. Um, you know, like Goldwater was kind of the the moment that <clears throat> that kind of swung it towards um, Nixon accepting defeat and, and resigning. Um, well, you look at who, who came after Nixon, you know, uh, Gerald Ford replaced him. He gets beat by Jimmy Carter and then here comes Reagan and Reagan was, was Goldwater's boy. So, and I, I, I didn't look into it too much, but if I remember right, I believe that Nixon and Goldwater were not, um, not all that that friendly if i remember right nixon uh <clears throat> nixon was running uh in the primary against goldwater goldwater won and then goldwater got blown the fuck out in the in the general election if i remember right and so i think there was bad blood there um hw bush was was uh jockeying for power he uh he had a big hand in in uh and how it all played out. And it was just uh, a lot of Game of Thrones type shit. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, 50, 50 year anniversary coming up. And um, I said we we're going to go in chronological order, but this all leads into these hearings that we've got coming up. And actually, I'm kind of excited to see what the fuck these idiots have been doing uh, since uh, whenever it was last year sometime that uh they formed this uh select committee to uh investigate january 6th and the insurrection to end all insurrections or something um january 6th attack so donald trump is center stage here just like nixon was center stage at the watergate deal <coughs> however the main difference being is uh Donald Trump didn't win the election. Nixon did. And they both, well, and then Nixon didn't get impeached, but Donald Trump did again. Um, I was, I was asking my wife the other day, like how many times that you, she thought they were going to impeach Donald Trump. Should he get elected again? Which pretty good chance he will. If, if he runs, I, I don't know how good of a thing that would be. Um, and I don't know who, who else, who else the Democrats would, would throw up, but that, that's a, 
discussion for for later. But anyhow, you have the shit show of all shit shows that was the Donald Trump presidency. And I'm not saying that to to demean Trump. I'm not just I'm just stating facts. I get those four years were an absolute fucking shit show. And um, it was uh, a lot of blame to be thrown around there. A lot of blame. And um, we won't get into a whole lot of it, but the big thing that, um, that started, uh, started out, well, even before the Trump presidency began when president elect Trump um, was spied on by the FBI um, in accordance with the, Obama administration and um, all led into this this false came claim that um, essentially Donald Trump was uh, colluding with Vladimir Putin to uh, sway the 2016 election um, tied up his presidency for three years and uh, eventually he gets he gets impeached for holding up an arms deal to Ukraine, uh, asking um, the current hero of the world, um, Vladimir Zelensky, president of Ukraine, to investigate Hunter Biden, um, <clears throat> who has some very sketchy business dealings in Ukraine, um, particularly in fields of business that he has no experience or, or business being involved in. Um Anyway, basic uh, basic peddling influence for for cash uh, type deal uh, at the time. Um, Joe Biden's vice president of the United States, and um, Hunter's getting cash from all over the world, but uh, Ukraine in particular is is kind of a sticking point, being that it's uh, kind of the last little buffer zone between Europe and and Russia. And uh, been hotly contested forever. That's a whole whole thing. We're still still going through that. Um, I'm sure the Russians are going to lose that war any day now. Um, counting on it. So maybe we'll get paid for all those weapons that we we send them. Maybe. Um, anyhow, um, I would say that's a story for another day. But it all it all leads in. All kind of has to do to do like. Ukraine's a, apparently a very touchy subject in, in Washington D.C. A um, lot of lot of opinions to be to be had on on all sides of that deal. Um, and <clears throat> anyhow, Donald Trump Trump gets impeached. Uh, the pandemic hits. Um, he gets continually hammered in the media. His. Uh, <clears throat> He doesn't help his cause a whole lot. He continues to say a bunch of crazy shit. Um, he he speaks off the cuff a lot during the middle of the pandemic. Anyway, um, Democratic forces in play. Um, you know, big uh, big cooperation between uh, Democratic uh, members of Congress, Democratic uh, officials, uh, deep state officials, big tech officials. Um, anyway, big giant apparatus. Uh, you can read about it, all about it in a, uh, in a times magazine article from 
back in, I don't remember if it was late 2020 or early 2021. Anyhow, I'll, uh, maybe I'll try to put a link in the notes, <clears throat> but told how it did, how they did it. Uh, Donald Trump raises, uh, raise or well, he, he goes ahead and does what the Democrats said their biggest fear, uh, was, and he, he doesn't, he doesn't go out without a fight and he, he calls, he calls shenanigans, uh, repeatedly, um, claims of election fraud, um, stolen election, um, and gets, he gets, uh, increasingly gets censored from, uh, on social media and, uh, he gets more and more vilified in the press, causing him to hate the press even more than he already does. Um, it all boils down to this January 6th certifying of the ballots. And they've honed in on this moment as like his last ditch effort. Cause he's, he's lost lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. It's went all the way to the Supreme court and they refused to take it. And, um, so they, they hone in on this, uh, certifying of the ballots deal on January 6th, um, which is in the constitution. And, and their hope swings on Mike Pence being the the one guy who can stop it. He can he can uh, call he can send the the slate of electors back to the states and uh, tell them to send us a new slate of electors. Figure out your shit and send send back and whatever the the grand plan. And then I think that's when Trump would ascend to the right hand of God riding a uh, Russian attack dolphin. Just ascends. I don't know if he has a trident. Maybe he has a, like a three-barreled uh, AR-15. And uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I'm, that one was just right off the top of my head. Didn't work on that one at all. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll work on that image of, of Trump ascending to the right hand of God. Um, probably could make some money off that shirt, honestly. Um, anyhow, <clears throat> it all boils down to January 6th and he's calling for this big rally. Um, as you know, he gives his big speech, fiery speech. Um, but then he also says protest peacefully. We're going to march peacefully and patriotically or whatever. Um, shit pops off. Um, bunch of dummies run into the Capitol, tear some shit up. A uh, bunch of old folks uh, get ushered into the Capitol and take a bunch of pictures. Uh, some dude uh, takes a picture in Nancy Pelosi's chair. I'm sure he farted in that thing. Um, had to have. Like, I, I wonder... See, and, and this all boils down to whether or not January 6th is uh, legally considered an insurrection. If so, then um, the case being made by this January 6th commission is that Donald Trump should be barred from running for public office again because he engaged in an insurrection against the United States of the government of the United States federal government. And Therefore, um, not allowing him to win the presidency yet again because he will not be allowed on the ballot, <clears throat> which would be something. 
I don't I don't know what would happen with from from there. I don't care to speculate right now because uh we got more stuff to get into. <clears throat> but anyway, the the January 6th commission is finally uh looks like it's wrapping up. They've got to they've got to get their shit out there quickly because we got an election in November. Um and so we're heading into the to uh the stretch of the summer and then we're going to like August, yeah, they go into recess and then it's camp- just full campaign season from there. So nothing will get done. The election will happen. Whatever happens from there, say it, it goes off without a hitch. People are pissed off. People are happy. Uh, and um, everything continues to move forward as it should. Then you'll have another three months uh, before the new Congress takes place for them to get anything done. And we'll see how November go shakes out. But um, politics is weird, man. And uh, life is weird. Life comes at you fast. So the other day it was looking like it was going to be a runaway, just slaughter in November. Still might be. And I say slaughter figuratively. Um, you know, we're talking about some hotly charged uh, political issues and I'm not advocating for anything. I'm just saying it looked like to be a metaphorical bloodbath in uh, November uh, with uh, the Republicans picking up a ton of seats is what it looked like. Then we had the leak of the Rover Suede thing, which was going to happen regardless, but I guess they... uh, getting everybody geared up like it was just uh that that was like training camp for for protest season was the leak that that was uh that was your mini cap that was your your otas um and now like you're getting your you're getting your getting all legged up and uh summer's here and then these supreme court decisions are coming down the pike and it's just like let's get to protesting baby Woo! We got abortion on the on the docket. We've got gun rights on the docket, and outside of COVID, uh, which I'm going to call a one off since it was uh, it was a worldwide pandemic. Um, but outside of that particular phenomenon, uh, and Trump, another I'm going to call a one off. Um, but outside of that, for the past you know, my lifetime, the two biggest wedge issues that they bring up that divides people the most are uh, abortion and gun rights. Uh, healthcare is kind of a, kind of a, I, and I won't even say it's a close third. I won't, I won't say it's real distant um, third, but uh, it's like a respectable distance back uh, in third place. Pretty clear first and second uh, on the you know gold and silver as far as wedge issues go, abortion and gun rights. So the perfect platform for the for the Democrats to run on. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. But it was it was looking it was looking really good for Republicans. Now it's looking maybe not quite so much. Um, but either way, <coughs> Republicans probably going to take the House back. Um, probably gonna win the senate i would guess i i'm not real sure who is all uh what all states are in play but i know i don't know that nevada is and i i would bet 
I would bet. Not a lot, but I would bet that uh that one of uh <coughs> that the the Nevada Senate seat turns Republican. I, I would like I said I won't bet a lot, but I, I would bet on that. Um the rest of the swing states, I don't fucking know. Um Pennsylvania probably looks good for Trump. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm not for Trump, but for the Republicans, I don't know. Um, so this commission's basically, especially if, if the Republicans take back the House, this this commission's probably going to be shut down. And uh, so they got to get their stuff out. And so what they're doing now, starting Thursday, uh, I think it's 8 p.m. Eastern, so 5, five Pacific, six, uh, 6 Mountain Time. These uh, this January commission is going to be televising these hearings. So I I don't know what channels they're they're going to be on, but I imagine it's like C-SPAN <coughs> and um, CNN, and I imagine all the major news networks will uh will be covering it. I'll if uh, if if it's on C-SPAN, that's what I'll I'll watch it on because then I don't have to deal with the bullshit commentary. <coughs> And the mincing of words and constant spin just uh hear it play out as it plays out and um i'll be interested i this this one is intriguing to me because i i don't know what went on that day uh, a lot of us i don't think very many of us do and uh I I'm really intrigued. I, I'm I'm not a fan of executive privilege. Um, most of you know I'm not a huge fan of Donald Trump. But that being said, I'm I'm no fan of the Democratic Party. I like I don't rip on them too much because <sighs> it should just be blatantly obvious right now, like how how awful they are. Like it doesn't doesn't need to be covered uh, ad nauseum because. <sighs> it's it's just painfully obvious, but anyway, <clears throat> I, I voted for Trump, for Trump this time, and however though that that deal at the Capitol, I'm I know there was some shenanigans going on with the FBI that we 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 know that for a fact. Like what those shenanigans were, I don't know, but we know they had people involved uh, because the. I believe it was the FBI director um, said so under oath that or, or failed to say they didn't have anybody there one way or the other. Um, basically admitted under oath that there, there were agents there uh, involved one way or the other. I don't know how, uh, but also there was a bunch of dumb, dumb Trump supporters that went in and did some crazy shit. Um, now we've got a case of uh, what's being called as a act of domestic terrorism. Uh, we've got uh, what the other side says, uh, a bunch of political prisoners and a witch hunt. <clears throat> and it all culminates starting Thursday. And Trump has been fighting to uh, and dragging his heels as much as he can to give up any information about uh, about that day. Uh, some of it has come out and has been really, um, really kind of eye opening. Not really surprising, a little bit shocking. I've noticed here lately, uh, and I've said it some, but 
I, I've just come to the re- realization that I'm very rarely sh- uh, surprised anymore. Uh, often shocked by the scope of things, but very rarely surprised by by stuff. And the the amount of like access that Fox News, um, fig, you know, talking heads had to <laughs> to the Trump uh, administration was uh, pretty surprising. Like uh, it was next to a direct line to Trump. I mean, like they had direct line to, to Mark Meadows and, uh, yeah. So that part was interesting. And also I want to know if there is a case like, um, I'm, I'm fine with this. Like we, we've already spent the money on it. So let's, let's see it. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to hear it through the lens of somebody else. I'm, I plan on, listening to the bulk of this uh of these hearings and, and see just what the fuck actually happened and, and what they have what they say they have and uh and then I also want to know if there are any rebuttals that that uh that they have after this but I like I'm all I'm all in favor of it. I, I think this should uh you know this should happen more often. Let's let's get stuff right out in the open. Let's see it. And, um, yeah, so I'm going to be watching along, probably be boring as shit. I'll probably listen to it, uh, more than, than watch it. But I wonder, I wonder what they got. I I wonder what they got. All right. So final, final stories in comparison, rolling in, rolling from January 6th on, um, talked about political prisoners this uh QAnon shaman if you guys remember him he was the dude with the viking helmet um which is i guess not technically a viking helmet it's a depiction of what americans view as a viking helmet but uh, i guess the the horns weren't ever on the actual viking helmet i don't know either way he had a stupid uh probably bought it at a uh at a goodwill or something like that um had no shirt, was all painted up like a fucking Braveheart. Um, yeah, I think I photoshopped my my head on his um, on, on his body <clears throat> in one of my Civil War diaries posts. Um, but anyway, a lot of people might view him as as a patriot, even though that dude—I uh, can't remember if he pled guilty or if he was uh, found guilty. Um, but either way, he uh, <coughs> he he broke into the Capitol, and what you know, a ton of people thought that that day were uh, were patriots. Uh, thought they were doing patriotic stuff. Uh, they were taking the country back, whatever that exactly meant. I'm not sure if they knew what they were doing. See, this is what I want to know. Like, did they have a legit plan? for transfer of power uh back to trump uh, or or was this just like a hissy fit because that's kind of what it seemed to me it was just like one last little fuck you and then shit got crazy and uh so i don't i don't know how much planning there was but um back to this this uh shaman fella he was held in uh, solitary confinement, like a lot of these these uh, folks that that got arrested were, and really treated pretty badly. And 
<clears throat> and you wonder, like, the guy was clearly insane. Like, clearly insane. And and he listened to some of his rants and yeah, it was it was a lot a lot of QAnon stuff and but the guy was clearly had some some mental issues. And like was that caused by the government? Probably not. Maybe. You never know. Was he part of one of the MK Ultra deals? Possibly. I don't know. Never heard. I've never never seen that be um, raised as a possibility, but I've also never seen that it's not. So who knows? That, that could be out there. Probably not. Um, but chances are he's just a crazy guy um, with some kooky ideas that uh, uh, thought he was doing something and now is in prison, federal prison, for quite some time. Um, and that leads us into the anniversary of Marvin Hemeyer and the Killdozer up in Granbury, uh, Granbury, Colorado. Granby, not Granbury, Granby. Uh, <clears throat> this day, uh, I remember, I remember vaguely like the day, but I remember listening to this story and like kind of talking about. So I was, I just moved up to uh, Loveland, Colorado, from Walsh, from Walsh, Colorado little tiny town, uh, graduated with 19 people, move up to Loveland, which is now just essentially the suburb of Denver. Um, but, uh, I was working construction there and staying at this house, uh, rent free and, uh, making really shit money, but Hey, I got, got free house out of it. And, uh, and I got to live on my own for for a summer before before school, before uh, college started. So anyway, I'm uh, I'm living up in uh, in Loveland, and we are commuting down to Denver to do this construction job at uh, an apartment complex. And we're on our way back for the day, and there's uh, we hear on the radio because. Uh, I, I don't remember hearing it uh during work uh in particular. I don't I don't I don't for some reason I don't I don't remember it during the work day because we always had a radio going and whatnot. <clears throat> you know, it was like it was always on a classic rock station, but every you know, once an hour you're gonna get the news update and um you know, something like that's gonna be, be on the news. So I don't think it had happened yet or or we just whatever, for whatever reason, we didn't hear it. But on, on the way back to Fort Collins, uh, or Loveland, we, uh, we start hearing about this guy's in a tank and he's just tearing up the town of Granby. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of wild. Um, oh, I was going to play the, we're going to come back to Marvin Hemeyer, but, uh, I'm going to, I'll tell you about my, my thoughts, but I, I was just looking for, for a video here and, uh, Nixon, um, had a, had a quote about, um, Bohemian Grove that was really, really funny. And, uh, Bohemian Grove was like this meeting of a bunch of billionaires. Uh, Alex Jones broke in, uh, into it one time and, and filmed it. But anyway, here is 
Richard Nixon's thoughts on it. Maybe. Let's look at let's let's look at Northern California. You understand that? Yeah. You know what's happening in San Francisco just gone. It's clear over it's I know that, but it isn't it isn't just down in the ratty part of town now. But the upper class of San Francisco is that way. A Bohemian Grove that I attend on time to time. The Easterners and the others have come there. But it is the most faggy goddamn thing you will care to never imagine how San Francisco crowd goes in there. It's just terrible. <laughs> um, Nixon also uh, not a big fan of the gays, and um, yeah. Anyway, that that was uh, I thought that was just a, a fun little sidebar, but um, we'll find uh, we'll find a, a, a little uh, video of the Killdozer in action because there's a. Uh, there's some pretty good um there's some pretty good news footage of it and uh here we go we we got we got a couple videos here full version <laughs> just tearing through town and the cops not able to do shit about it they they are throwing bombs at him not not doing anything they're shooting at him nothing you're gonna do he this so marvin Hemeyer, the fella in this uh bulldozer <laughs> oh oh here it come is he going for the jeep no nope he's going back to the building look at that thing it's a thing of beauty That's just raw American power. God damn. Here he is. He's he's going at it again. Still at it. Here he comes again. Over the cars. Yep. Right, right over him. <laughs> oh, man. This, uh, for everybody just on audio, you should, uh, you should go check this out on, on YouTube. Um, this thing is just a monster. (laughs) 
This guy is just wreaking havoc. <laughs> These cops are pissed and scared. They don't know what the fuck to do. All right, well, I could watch that all day. Um, and I say that because nobody was killed or injured. Uh, and Mar- Marvin, Marvin Hemeyer, he eventually uh, got himself wedged in a basement of, I think it was a Gamble's store. Um, but anyway, he... he like fell into this basement as he was trying to plow this store down uh, successfully. And he gets wedged in there. And then essentially there's no way out the way he had this thing going. Once he sealed himself in uh, that, that was it there. Well, he wasn't going to be able to open, open it back up on his own. It looked like, uh, and it was pretty apparent by the end of it that it, he had no, uh, no intention of getting out, getting out of there. So he shot himself in the head and that was the end of the killdozer. Um, after they uh, <clears throat> they went through his house and everything, um, they found a bunch of notes and uh, some recordings of himself. And he's kind of become a little bit of a folk hero over over this. And um, so this uh, pop this back up on the screen. Um, then this is from all that's interesting.com. Uh, so in the end, Hemeyer left the world believing that God had asked him to undertake his, his rampage. Perhaps the most revealing note that he left behind was this one. I was always willing to be reasonable until I had to be unreasonable. Sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things. And so there was, uh, some more <laughs> pictures of the, of the aftermath, but, uh, that was the inside of this. It was a Komatsu D three fifty five, a bulldozer, uh, big, like, I don't, I don't know how that compares to, uh, on the Caterpillar side. So, uh, but I would like D eight is a, yeah, it's a D three five fifty five a. So I don't know if that'd be like a D eight dozer, uh, you know, cat or whatever. I don't know. Either way, as you saw, it was a big fucking, big fucking dozer. And he, this Marvin Hemeyer was uh, known about town um, as just a hell of a welder and a guy that liked a snowmobile. Um, He had a muffler shop and he he had agreed to sell. So Granby is one of those mountain towns that don't have a ton of the. Like they're not a Vale, they're not Aspen, they're not Breckenridge. Um, they're more of like a redneck mountain town. <clears throat> it's up, uh, I think it's up over eight thousand feet. 
and and so they're they're essentially like a working class town that also caters to tourists so but it's uh it's not a super touristy town it just kind of like something along the way to rocky mountain national parks right up there and um and it's closer closer to Granby than it is to Denver. So, you know, pretty small town, about 2,000 people or so. And, uh, you know, one of those small town. Everybody knows everybody. And uh, Marvin Heemeyer, he's he's known about town. He had a girlfriend uh, at one point. <clears throat> uh, it's been a while since I watched the, the movie. There's a movie called uh, Tread, and I believe it's on Netflix right now. Um but it's a documentary uh, on this whole deal. And there's a book called Killdozer. Um, and I haven't read that. I'd like, I might have to read that sometime. I've read some of the court court documents that, uh, so anyhow, this guy has a piece of land that he buys at auction. Supposedly it causes a stink between him and another guy in town that, uh, was looking to buy that land because they had the they have a concrete plant uh, right next door, and uh, anyway, Hemeyer buys this uh, this property, and supposedly that was like the beginning of his woes uh, with uh, the local government and some of the the good old boys club um, that supposedly runs um, Granby. So he buys this property, pisses off another guy. And that that leads to this fight where he ends up he sells uh, he uh, he sells part of his property to this concrete plant and uh, but there's a bunch of negotiations going on and in the meantime um, they they start construction on this this concrete plant on the other land that they already own. The permit goes through and uh and Hemeyer is uh is really upset by that because it takes uh away the access route that he uses a shortcut between his his house and his uh and his shop <coughs> and um he didn't want to spend the money to uh to have to dig to tie into the city sewer system and um there was a whole bunch of things that he wanted to do and he was just kind of a he was tired of, of red tape and bullshit. And this, this fight led on for years. And eventually <clears throat> he ends up, um, he ends up selling, selling his property and, uh, he uses the money to buy that dozer. And then he starts, uh, turning it into this fucking tank. Uh, as, uh, said before, he was a really, really good welder. Like, um, that was, that was really how he was known as just being a like a top-notch welder anything he was uh kind of a gearhead too and like he would always you know be be souping up his uh his snowmobiles and and reinforce them and whatever and just a real real handy guy with metal and he he ends up reinforcing this dozer with uh with armor uh steel plates so two steel plates but then he'd pour concrete in between the two and uh he had it set up to where uh the the engine was armored part of the tracks were armored um the cab was armored and uh he essentially just made himself a little tomb he had two video monitors because he couldn't see because of all the armor but he had uh cameras outside that were behind three inch bulletproof glass 
<clears throat> so he could uh, he could see where the hell he was going when he when he was tearing down the town of Granby, and um. So here here we go. He he purchased the land on his sh- uh, that he built a shop on, and then he agreed to sell the land to a concrete company. And um, in oh one, the city approved the construction and. Uh, and then they zoned the land right next to Hemeyer uh, to use for that concrete plant. And that was the, that was how he had his little shortcut. So he didn't have to go around. And, um, and if I remember right, it seemed like it kind of almost made it. It doesn't seem like a, it was impossible for, to, for him to get to his house uh, from, from his house to his shop. But it was, I don't remember. I, I, it's been, been long enough that I don't recall. Um, but so two years, um, <coughs> he, uh, he, he fought that thing and then he finally had enough. And that's when he started 2003 is when he started building this thing. And, uh, he, uh, he also had a couple gun ports on it. So it said, um, he ar- he had it armor plates covering most of the cabin, the engine, parts of the tracks, and uh, a video camera was mounted on the exterior for visibility, covered by three-inch bulletproof plastic. Inside the makeshift cockpit were two monitors. Uh, there was also fans and an air conditioner to keep him cool. And then he had three gun ports, and he had a fifty caliber rifle, a uh, three hundred eight semi-automatic, and a, and a twenty-two rifle and um i think the the 22 was a pistol actually uh 22 long rifle but uh i believe that was a uh handgun um he drove out the wall of his own shop uh went through the concrete plant tore up a bunch of buildings there and he went to town hall to the newspaper office uh, to a former judge's widow's home, a hardware store, and a couple other homes, and then he went to the Gambles, and uh, and everybody that he or all the buildings that he tore up were in some way connected to his grievance with this concrete plant and the the, the land sale. Uh, two hours and seven minutes, <coughs> it says, um, damaged. Uh, 13 buildings knocking out gas services to the city hall and the governor considered authorizing the national guard to attack with it, Apache helicopter helicopters and an anti-tank missile. <clears throat> um, and ha- if he hadn't got stuck, then they probably, that's probably what would have happened. Uh, it was over $7 million worth of damage. Um, and Yeah. Uh, didn't kill anybody, but there were people in a couple of those buildings. And uh, like I believe he uh, he plowed into the library, and there was a bunch of kids in there. And but because of this, he's kind of be- become uh, a little bit of a folk hero in the libertarian world. And I enjoy posting the memes because uh, I, you know, I'm. I'm a big fan of people that don't like the government typically. And this one's different after, 
know, because I was all kind of gung-ho. thinking, like, fuck yeah, stick it to the man. And considering how he he essentially took out um, he took out buildings, didn't really hurt anybody, and he took out his his anger on the people that he felt were responsible. And so it wasn't just like a a blind rage where he just everything in sight. Like, I mean, it wasn't far from that, but he, he did seem to have some sort of method to his madness. And I, I remember like thinking like, what the shit? Like, you know, I, I'm here. I am uh, less than a month uh, graduated from high school and I'm living on my own for the first time. And here some, some crazy asshole is plowing through a little mountain town with a tank and it's all over a building permit. And we're just like, son of a bitch, man. Um, but we didn't, I didn't find out later really, um, any of the details till like way later. Like, I'm, I remember like kind of following up on the <laughs> on the news um, and then they kind of they had you know just like the little the evening news snippets about it and I I just I wasn't ever scared by that deal I was just like what the shit you know because that, that was it was less than 100 miles from where we were um, well I guess right about 100 miles from where we were working and um yeah, so I mean, it was it wasn't that far away, and uh, a small town like uh, like I'm used to, and I was like, huh, weird deal, weird deal. And then you know, they're like, ah, this seem guy seemed to be uh, possible mental issues, and uh, okay, so it was a crazy guy, weird. And and then like you read more into it, and and the guy did have some seemed to be some legitimate grievances. Um, but the more and more you delve into it and it does seem like he got boxed out quite a bit, but also he, he really quite obviously, uh, held a hell of a grudge and <clears throat> I kind of compare him to somebody like the, the QAnon shaman or even, yeah, yeah. I, I think that'd be a, a better, better case scenario or, a little better comparison than than uh, comparing him to Trump. Trump's a little different animal, um, and um, but I, I kind of think of this guy like the QAnon shaman. I, I bet you I would agree with quite a few things that guy has to say. Um. Uh, there was a lot of things that the QAnon people had to say that I agreed with. And then they went off on in full loony world. And uh, like we, we, we diverged pretty hard, but there was a lot of stuff that I agree with them. I've kind of like a lot of the, the lefties. I agree with them on a lot of stuff, but then they, they go way, way too left. I, and I can't, I can't follow them that far. Same way with a lot of the right wingers. Eh, I don't know if I, I want to go that far. <laughs> and, and this guy seems to be like a guy that I probably would have had a lot in common with, would have agreed with him a whole bunch. I would not have gr- agreed with him on this whole deal. If we were talking, I'd just be like, hey, Marv, I don't see, I 
don't see what you're trying to do here. Like, I know you're mad. I know you're pretty angry and whatnot. But I'm not real sure what you're trying to accomplish here. Like, town hall. I kind of get it. There's a lot of a lot of people in buildings like that where I think where where a lot of buildings where I have to do shit and like it's just I hate it and you're like yeah I could see it being fun to drive a dozer through that building. However, not like. Okay, Marv, like, what do you hope to accomplish by this particular action? Because I, I just, I don't, I don't see, not seeing how you benefit. And like, oh, you're, you can't even get out of that thing once, once it's sealed up. Oh, oh, like, can you just go drive that thing off a cliff instead? Like, save everybody a bunch of trouble. Like, we get it. We get it, you real pissed off, but you you lost that one, man. Like it's not quite the way to handle things. And uh, and and the quote, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a pretty profound quote, you know, it's always willing to be reasonable until I had to be unreasonable. Sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things. It's a quote that I one hundred percent agree with. I think that's a very apt, very fitting quote. Uh, however, I, um, I, I having a hard time reconciling the part where he became unreasonable. Like, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's kind of a cool story. It's, it's, uh, like it leads a lot to the, the folk hero deal because nobody really got hurt. Um, however, he destroyed just absolutely destroyed a ton of shit. And a lot of it seemed to be like the, the part that he was mad about, uh, like uh, kind of his own doing a lot of it. And, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I have a little bit of a, of a hard time getting on board with him being like full on kind of, kind of anti-hero. Uh, but, it it is uh it is a good kind of case study into uh you know even local government overreach and you know and, and then it just also another glaring example of uh pretty apparent mental illness um like this concrete plant didn't like didn't shoot his wife and his dog and then taunt him uh, over a loudspeaker. Um, you know, they, they just kind of screwed him out of some property, which I mean, I know it was his livelihood, but like, like they didn't, they didn't come kill anybody. And, uh, and these people, maybe they, it was the good old boys club that are all tied up with the, the local government. I'm, I'm sure they are. That's how it works at all levels of government. But and I'm sure they they work to kind of to, to box him out because that's how business works sometimes. And <clears throat> he obviously was not happy about it. Um, however, it seems a little bit like uh, 
um, not not the the actions of a of a sane person. E- even somebody who's like like losing my shit, I might punch somebody, but like. That 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 is a slow, sustained process of continually losing your shit day after day, enough to like where you just keep welding and pouring concrete. And man, you you could have taken your money and started over somewhere else, or uh, or used it to, to fight legal battles or something. But instead, he built a fucking tank, and. Uh, yeah, when, when when men must do unreasonable things, there's usually to an outcome. And like that seemed like his only outcome in mind was to uh destroy shit and then shoot himself in the head. And <clears throat> I mean, that's what he did, so he accomplished that, but um I I'm having a It's a cool story. Um quite a little bit more than there than than meets the eye but at the end of the day it was uh it was a guy that really even though he might have got fucked over really went sour grapes and uh <laughs> and uh went way off the deep end but like i said it's a cool story and uh it's fun uh it's fun to watch and go back and watch those videos of him just like cruising around granby colorado just just bulldozing shit uh and so therefore you're like yeah kind of kind of root for him just because it made made for some entertaining com uh content but same time uh i would imagine i would imagine those those folks that he uh whose businesses and homes he destroyed uh probably didn't probably didn't necessarily deserve that so yeah I don't know. What are you going to do? Shit happens. Guys are going to go crazy sometimes. Um, and in this case, luckily nobody was, nobody was hurt other than the dude himself. And yeah, pretty apparent that that's kind of how he wanted to go. So anyway, uh, rest in peace, I guess, Marvin Hemeyer. Um, one of the coolest forms of rebellion, uh, I've, uh, witnessed in my lifetime um definitely one of the most unique so uh i guess props on that and um and then also you took the easy route you don't gotta spend up uh you know 20 years or whatever the the viking helmet guy got in federal prison taking it in the ass so <clears throat> i guess on on that part I would say you're a better folk hero than the QAnon guy because uh, that guy's just going to get less interesting over time as he <laughs> as he sits in jail or prison, not jail, prison. Um, so uh, I guess, um, yeah, happy belated uh, Killdozer Day. Um, the day that will live in infamy. <laughs> particularly for us uh, Colorado libertarians. And um, anyways, um, yeah, interesting times. I, I would encourage you guys to tune into the, to at least part of those, um, that January 6th commission. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what 
they dug up and uh and how and what and how it pertains to anything and if there actually was a coup attempt like what what was and if there was like what were the plans behind it like did it make sense or is this shit that's just being thrown at the wall and is it actually what i suspect to be basically a witch hunt I don't know, but I want to hear it all. I want to see it all, and I'll I'll make a decision for myself. And you guys know, I'll let you know what I think. So, anyways, um, hope you all have a wonderful week. Um, yeah, summer is on us. We got we're gonna be busy. Um, make sure if you're in the Can uh, Garden City, Kansas area, um, what day is that? Uh, June 17th, uh, we'll be at Hidden Trail Brewery, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, be myself, uh, Chauncey Wessner, and Eric Shields. We'll be doing a little uh, storytelling and, and comedy show. Dirty jokes and cowboy stories, folks. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I've got some, uh, got some good bits lined up. We've got some, uh, going to play a couple games, you know, um, yeah, I think you're gonna think you're gonna like it. Um, so if you're in town, I don't think there's a cover charge. I don't know for sure, um, but we'll be at Hidden Trail Brewery there in Garden City, Kansas, 8 p.m. Central. Come out, uh, have some fun with us, and um, yeah, have a good rest of your week. Uh, stay hydrated and uh, move your ass. We're burning daylight. <laughs> Sun, you're burning daylight.